This video was brought to you by Candid. Hey brother! Before we begin, just want to give you a quick warning that this video will contain spoilers for Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker. Then, ever since The Force Awakens dropped, we have all been scrambling around searching for various answers in the Star Wars universe. For the most part, just content to simply sit and wonder and theorize and trust that our questions would be answered someday. Who were Rey's parents? Why does 3PO keep getting new arms? How on earth was Rose able to to catch up to Finn and knock him out of the way after she peeled off. I'm betting that last one remains a mystery forever. But now that the Rise of Skywalker is out, we have gotten most of our answers. And from what I can tell, almost every single person on the internet agrees with the exact quality of those answers. Oh man, nobody hates Star Wars like people who love Star Wars, am I right? Also, sometimes they love it. I don't know, I liked it. Alas, though, not all of our questions were answered, and in fact, there were even some new questions introduced in this movie that went unanswered. And so today, we are calling those out. Today is the top seven unanswered questions from Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> Before we dive on in, I want to give a huge thanks to today's sponsor, Candid. Guys, it is the holiday season, and you know what that means, taking tons of photos and itchy sweaters. Actually, as a dad, I have a newfound love for these types of experiences. I even take extra long setting up the tripod just because. It all builds character, son. But of course, these are the photos that end up on the calendars, on the bookshelves, and the photo albums, and those digitally rotating frames your grandparents had that have way too many vertical pictures on it. And you're like, come on, people. Point is, you want your smile looking its best. And thanks to Candid Clear Aligners, getting photo ready has never been easier. Their aligners are comfortable, removable, and completely invisible. And on top of that, they work faster than braces, and most programs only last six months. For me, personally, I was a kid who had braces and then promptly lost my retainer because my dog chewed it up and I was just like, oh well. But if that was you, great news. With Candid, it is now easier than ever to get back on track. This year, give yourself the gift of a confident smile. Go to candidco.com scb and use promo code scb to get $75 off. Again, candidco.com scb. Use promo code scb to get $75 off your brand new confident smile. Link is in the description down below. Number seven, Ray's lightsaber. What color? is it and what does it mean? Okay, so if you saw our video last week, you know that we theorized that Kylo Ren would end up with a white lightsaber, signifying his return from the darkness and his non-affiliation with either the Jedi or the Sith. But instead, we got to see him throw his lightsaber into the sea, never to be seen again. Until like, you know, five years from now when they need another really exciting thing in one of the trailers. Music will build, everything will go black, and then all of a sudden, pew, pew, and as always, everyone will 100% love it and hate it. But honestly, we weren't that far off of the mark as Rey herself does end up with a new lightsaber and a new color, or at least new to the movies. For my own ego, I would like to call it white, but the only way to get white is to purify a corrupted red kyber crystal. So either we have to figure out whose crystal she purified, <gasps> what if she got Kylo Ren's lightsaber out of the ocean? Or more likely it's not white and it is in fact yellow 
yellow, which is the first yellow lightsaber we've seen in a movie, but not the first yellow lightsaber in the Star Wars universe. Yellow lightsabers show up in the Clone Wars, but not as just some random color any Jedi might get, but instead exclusively as the color of the blades of the Jedi Temple Guards. These guys protected the temple on Coruscant from invaders, and to me, is kind of a perfect fit for Rey. She is now literally the last Jedi and also the guardian of their entire ideology. Plus, it ties in really nicely with her staff, which she's carried throughout the entire trilogy, because not only are the Jedi Temple Guard's blades always yellow, they're also always double-sided. Unanswered question number six. What is a force dyad? This is one of the super important elements to the plot in The Rise of Skywalker, the revelation that Kylo Ren and Rey are what is known as a force dyad. This is how they are able to communicate with each other through the force and have lightsaber battles and pass each other stuff, even though they are great distances apart. Uh, but wait, you might be thinking, didn't Snoke say he was the one bridging their minds in The Last Jedi? It was I who breached your minds. Yes, he did. Although in this movie, it's actually revealed that it was Palpatine the whole time. But while Snoke was doing this, he was only intending to lure Rey to his ship. The unintended consequence is that the two actually formed a bond, a dyad, when they touch right here. That is why even after Snoke is dead, they are able to see each other that one last time at the end of The Last Jedi right here. The Rise of Skywalker visual guide describes a dyad as two force-sensitive beings who collectively share the power of one individual, connecting them across space and time. And Palpatine describes it as a power like life itself, a force unseen for generations. Personally, I've been picturing a yin-yang as something of a visual metaphor, with Kylo being this dark thing produced by the light, i.e. Luke, Han, Leia, and Rey being a light thing produced by the dark. Palpatine. Each is powerful on their own, but when you put them together, you get a new thing, a circle. Or I guess in the case of Rey and Kylo, like some additional life force? Either way, once they're forming the whole circle, each is able to then draw power from the entire circle, not just their half. Unanswered question number five, what the heck even are the Knights of Ren? Seriously, I mean, this one goes all the way back to The Force Awakens, where we saw them standing in the rain, looking all, you know, cool. And then in The Last Jedi, they're just completely absent but now finally we get to see them in action and you think yeah we're gonna learn their story and where they came from maybe we'll get to know their names or something but no no nothing actually no we do know their names in case you're wondering they are Aplek, Cardo, Karuk, Trudgan, Ushar, and Vikral. Ah, all so memorable, am I right? I mean, let me know which one of them was your favorite in the towel section down below. I mean, I know you have no way of knowing which one was which because, like, it's not in the movie, but... <laughs> Trudgan. Actually, again, from the visual guide, we know a lot more about them than we learn in the movie. For one, they are certainly not something that just Ben Solo came up with. They are really more the subject of local folklore about a group of dark marauders who went around in unmapped space and were really vicious and led by a guy named Ren. They're like the human embodiment of why you might not want to travel down a dark alley. Just unknown danger. What remains unknown though is whether or not the group named themselves after the myth or are in fact somehow connected to the ancient folklore. Unanswered question number four. 
what planet was Starkiller base? Yeah, this one goes all the way back to The Force Awakens, and it might not be something that has been a huge priority on your mind, but I do think it's worth considering, because while the First Order uses Starkiller base to blow up like five different planets, the Resistance also blows up a planet because they blow up Starkiller base, and there must have been some consequences for that, right? And the answer is, of course, Yes, we all know by now that lightsabers and the giant weapon on the Death Star were powered by kyber crystals, so it should probably come as no shock to you that Starkiller Base's planet was rich with them. Which makes sense, I mean, why mine them all over the galaxy when you can just use the planet they come from as a weapon itself? And if you're unfamiliar with it, the planet most rich with kyber crystals is known as Illum or, well, it was. Elum was the planet where young Jedis would go to harvest their crystal to build their lightsaber. And while the surface was mostly picked over, it turns out that Elum actually had a kyber crystalline core. To which the First Order was like, jackpot! And yes, I know we are told on screen that the base is powered by absorbing a sun and not by kyber crystals, but hey, Absorbing a sun is no small feat either. How do you think they're doing that? So yeah, I guess that does answer which planet it was, but I feel like the fact that it's destroyed does create some new problems, like where did Rey go to get the crystal for her new lightsaber? And how did the Sith still have so many crystals that they could arm each Star Destroyer with a dark energy planet destroying weapon? I don't know. But what I do know, fun fact, is that apparently the microstar hyperspatial singularity that burns at the planet's gravesite is known as Solo. Unanswered question number three. What is up with Finn's love life? When we first meet Finn, he is in the process of deserting the First Order, and upon doing so, after meeting just one girl, he has just one thing on his mind. Got a boyfriend? Cute boyfriend? Honestly, I'm kind of surprised he's even aware of the concept of a romantic relationship given his upbringing as a stormtrooper, but in his defense, I mean, it is Daisy Ridley, so I don't really blame him for figuring out, like, real quick. <laughs> Anyway though, his obsession with Rey lasts all the way through The Last Jedi, where the first thing he does when he wakes up after intensive medical care is desert again so he can go try and find her. But along the way, he picks up the affections of another girl, Rose, who he totally shares a very lovely kiss with, even though we all know there was no way she could have caught up to him. Rose even tells Finn she loves him, but despite that, in Rise of Skywalker, you might not even realize that ever met. Because even though she gets an actual promotion inside of the Rebellion, and she gets a total demotion in terms of screen time. Sorry guys, I can't come with you on your super cool adventure. I gotta stay here and study those old Star Destroyer ships. Okay, cool. Does that mean that there's probably gonna be some like unknown secret information about these ships, like how they're all navigationally controlled by one single satellite on the lead ship and taking out that satellite will ground the rest of the ships? Oh, wait, no. Finn is the one who, even though he went on the adventure, is the one who figures that out just by correctly guessing. But hey, Finn's not done there. He also picks up a possible third love interest in this film in the form of Jana, who he forms an immediate bond with after learning that she too is an ex-stormtrooper. Which, hey, fair enough. That is a shared experience I have to imagine is so strong that I could just totally buy into him leaving Rose for this new girl. Not that I guess him and Rose are even together, I don't know. But then on top, on top of that, when him and Ray and Poe are sinking through the quicksand, he looks up and says to Ray, Ray, I forgot to tell you, but he gets caught off, which brings me to unanswered question number two. 
what was Fanning going to tell Ray? Seriously, because like whatever it was, it was apparently important enough to be what he thought might be the last things he ever said to anyone. Poe even brings the situation up later in the movie and we still don't get an answer. And then after the battle, after they've all survived near death, you think certainly, certainly we're going to find out what this is, but nope. The credits roll and you never find out. I agree, super frustrating, except that we do now have an answer. Since the movie has come out, J.J. Abrams has revealed that what Finn was going to say was that he too could feel the force. Which then I guess is also the explanation for how he knew which satellite to attack. So, sorry Rose. Keep studying. And that brings us to unanswered question number one, which I am so glad is not who was Ray's mother, but it is who is Ray's grandmother. So we know Palpatine's son, who you think must be a disappointment to him, was Ray's father. And you have to think he probably wasn't very force sensitive because why wasn't he a bigger deal? But like, I'm not even sure I really have much of a starting point for who the emperor had a child with. Ugh. I would say it's almost more likely that he just manipulated the force again like he did for Vader, but he keeps talking about bloodlines and birthrights and I think they are actually genuinely related. So my one guess that I will offer you now is that Rey's grandmother is Kira from Solo. She is the right age and the last time we saw her she was leaving to go meet Darth Maul, Palpatine's former apprentice. Clearly she's interested in the dark side of the force and we know she doesn't get back together with Han and we know Darth Maul is dead but we don't know what her fate is that is still up for debate. But I do think she is a pretty good candidate because I really don't think we're going to get a solo sequel because, you know, A New Hope is a thing. But if we're not, then why even introduce this to the movie at all? Like, why reintroduce Darth Maul and send one of the main characters to go see him? Like, it's gotta go somewhere. Because if not, then it's just a really pointless plot line that they start at the very end of the movie to no end. But guys, there you go. Our top seven unanswered questions from Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker. Ben, my question for you and everyone else is, what do you think? Who is Rey's grandmother? Let me know your thoughts in the towel section down below. Thanks as always for watching today's video. Please remember to leave a like on it if you haven't already and subscribe so you don't miss any future Star Wars action from us. If you want to see our full review of The Rise of Skywalker, you can check out this video right here. Or if you want to see if Han Solo was force sensitive, you can check out this video right here. But Ben, that's all I've got for you today, man. I will see you in another life, brother.